Welcome to Let's Talk About Tracks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. It is on this sad occasion that we honor the actress who inspired millions globally with her portrayal of Nyota Ura, the communications officer of the USS Enterprise. She left us on the 30th day of July in the year of 2022 at the age of 89. Nichelle Nichols has now left the planet. Yes. Welcome. I am Earl Grey. Yes, and I'm Jack Dorino. And Nichelle Nichols is a queen. <laughs> Very much so. When I first heard this that this had happened number one of course my my selfish thought was for myself i was like oh i wish i had gotten to that that last convention or i was hoping <laughs> that she would hold out for another convention but i say all that in recognition of the idea that we sort of knew this was coming all of us hoped for much later yes of course yes well and 89 is a very respectable age it's a ripe old age I was holding out the same hope. I didn't know that she retired from the convention center back in 2018. So this is a this is a bone of contention. So she was retired from the convention scene by someone and then sort of came back. Okay. There was a, a I watched a I watched a a show. I think it was on Hulu called Who Do You Believe where they had what the, the concept of the show is they do they have two sides of a story and they have both si- each side of the story tell the story so they had uh Michelle Nichols's uh, basically best friend and business partner and then also her son and they were telling the different sides of the story and basically like their tug of war over control of Michelle Nichols and her estate mm-hmm. uh, which you know it was sort of like a conservator issue, you know, where she wanted, she really needed autonomy and we weren't Mm -hmm. sure that her conservatorship was being as gracious with uh, what was available Mm -hmm. as it should have been. Interesting. She did have, in 2015, she had a stroke, um, Mm -hmm. which, which is likely what started the convention issues and in 2018 she was diagnosed with dementia mm-hmm. um, I did see uh, you know some interviews with her around and I believe after that point and she seemed okay so again I don't know if this ties back into that conservatorship issue oh okay one interesting story or one interesting theory that I heard where it was uh, Nichelle Nichols' inspiration that got Mae Jemison into the you know, idea of going into space and joining NASA. Mm-hmm. And then the further theory, because that's what we do now with Star Trek, right? We take one thing that we already had and then we further it, you know, <laughs> we uh-huh. much like Strange New Worlds coming after the original series. So now what they've done is they looked at Mae Jemison, who actually played a transporter operator in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. They looked at Mae Jemison and they found an actress who looked like Mae Jemison to then play Uhura in the new series. So this is like a Star Trek full circle story. Huh. 
where Uhura inspires Mae Jemison, Mae Jemison inspires Uhura. Oh, cool. I, I hadn't heard that. Uh, although she certainly looks uh, similar. Yes. To Mae Jemison. So what's uh, what's been going through your head about this? How 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 been been handling it, taking it? I know we haven't spoken since this happened. I felt frustrated trying to talk to other people that don't relate. Uh, well, that's what we're here for. You know, I I I, I miss her. I'm sad that she's gone. She was a big inspiration for for me somehow. Her story, her stories of talking about meeting Martin Luther King and mm -hmm. wanting to resign from Star Trek in season one, but you know, being encouraged by Martin Luther King. I have so I I, I apologize for interrupting, but I have another story about that story that does uh, the same thing and like wraps around. Yeah. So, so here's the sequence of events as, let me just, let me, I'm going to reference this really quickly, just so that we all, that we can all go and see there's, there's this like hour and a half long interview with mm -hmm. Nichelle Nichols and you don't ever see or really very well hear the interview or you, it's just Nichelle Nichols talking for like an hour and a half on the screen. It's, oh, okay. um, if you do a search on YouTube for pioneers of television with her name, uh -huh. it certainly will come up and you can watch the whole thing. It's, it's actually really great. Um, but that's where a lot of the stories that I keep thinking of uh, have come from. The sequence of events that Michelle Nichols describes surrounding this incident is really, really interesting. So she says that on Friday, she brought a letter to Gene Roddenberry's desk. Yeah. That was her resignation. Yeah. And he said, huh. Take the weekend and think about what we've talked about. You know I love you. If this is what you ha feel you have to do. So I'm going to save this cute little paper you've given, given me for resigning. Um, let's talk about it Monday. And if you still feel the way, go with my blessings. The next night was Saturday, and I had a commitment with I believe it was the NAACP. It's always been a little confusing there for me, but a fun NAACP fundraiser. And one of the uh, producers of the event came to me and said, there's someone who wants to meet you, uh, Miss Nichols. And he had a little look at his face that I didn't uh, catch, you know. And he said, um, he says he's your most ardent fan, your biggest fan your most ardent fan. And I said, oh, all right. And I thought, trekker, you know, <laughs> somebody that they know within, there's a trekker and wants to meet me. And then, and uh, I stood up to turn around and meet the trekkie. And there is this man, bigger than life human being, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I thought that truck is going to have to wait, and <laughs> and he's standing like like as close as you are, and I said, um, and I walked over to him, and he started smiling and laughing. He says, "I'm the Trekkie," and he says, that, "And but I had only said Trekkie in my mind, you know, that the Trekkie was going to have to wait because I'm going to have this opportunity to meet Dr. Martin Luther King," and he it was like he read my mind. He says. 
I'm the Trekkie. He says, I'm the biggest Trekkie on the planet, and I am Lieutenant Uhura's most ardent fan. I could not, I didn't even know how to say thank you. You know, I, I think at some point my, and he continued to talk, as I'm sure he had this kind of experience before. And he said, um, he went on to say how important Star Trek was, that images on television permeate the culture, either for the good or for the bad, and this is for the highest good. This man's vision, and he's going on to talk. And by this time, I, I regained my voice, and I said, Dr. King, thank you so much. I, I, I realize I'm involved with a very wonderful show and blah, blah, and I'm going to miss my co-stars. <laughs> and Dr. Martin Luther King said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I told Gene Roddenberry yesterday that I wouldn't be staying for, with the show because I'm going on. He said, you cannot go. You cannot leave. You have a responsibility. You have those tones, you know. And he was no longer joyous, and he became very serious. And he says, do you not understand what God has given you? You have an image. You are a person. You are going for, you are the first, you have the first important non-traditional role, non-stereotypical role, the first. And he goes on, he says, for the first time, the world will see us as we should be seen, not only as beautiful people, which we are, but qualified people, talented people, uh, experienced people, leaders. And, and, and he went on to, I'm stunned by this man. And he said, for the first time, the world will see us as we should be seen, and not just tap dancers or maintenance, menial labor. He said for the first time, he said, you're on the command crew. Do you understand? You are fourth in command. You cannot abdicate your position, you are changing the minds of people across the world because for the first time through you, we see ourselves, what can be, what we are fighting for, what we are marching for, that dignity and the quality in which you have created your character, the dignity that you project and, and so forth. And by this time, I'm not ashamed to say tears were coming to my eyes. You know, I was stunned. And I, but I was listening. And he said, this man who envisioned this, is no, it's no fluke. You see what he's doing? Do you see what he's doing? And he said, we don't just like it because it's different or it's cute or, the, or, or your beauty and that he is starting to tease me, you know. And he said, but you have a responsibility here. And he asked me about my children. I said, I have a son. And he said, this is for him. 
these are for all, not only the girls and boys. And Michelle, he says, this is not just for people who look like us, who are fighting for our equal rights. He says, this is for everybody. These are people who don't look like us, who now see us in the manner equal and accepting it. You can't leave. And he says, I'm going to give you my card. Uh, this is um, Dr. his companion that always went with him. He says, we're going to keep up with your career. You, don't, you, are, you cannot leave. And I said something about, I wish I had marched. He says, no, no. We've got people marching. We've got famous people marching. You're doing your job. Your job is to present the image of where we're, what we're fighting for, where we're going. Where we're going is where you are. 300 years from now, it starts now. So then she went back to Jean on Monday morning. <laughs> and she said, you know, I had this talk with Dr. Martin Luther King. I, and not only did he say, you know, that I couldn't leave, but he said that he saw what you were doing here and that that's why I couldn't leave because I was integral to that vision. And then she said that she had never seen Gene Roddenberry cry, but she did. So she said that just, you know, one tear came down. But when she did the hand gesture for it, she definitely showed tears coming down both sides of the face. So it was a, that's a really like heartwarming and mm -hmm. wonderful story for me that um, I think some reports say that Gene said, oh, at least he at least one person understands. My yes, name. yes, that is definitely. Yes, absolutely. That was one of the things. So he always had the intention of having Michelle Nichols as Uhura. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they knew each other before the show. They actually dated. They had an affair with each other. Yes. Um, years before Star Trek. Yeah. And uh, Nichelle Nichols actually took it upon herself to end the relationship because it turned out that Jean was in love with this woman named Majel Hudik. Oh, who was that? Well, you may know her as Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Oh, okay. And, and she didn't want to be the second fiddle to the second fiddle. Well, so the networks didn't like Majel Barrett. No, of course. Not. <laughs> and 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 they said, well, you could do the show, but you gotta take. She's gotta go. Uh -huh. So what they did is they stuck her down in sick bay and put a wig on her. And halfway through the season, the network executives realized, wait a minute, is that? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it's too late, Obi. <laughs> There's Chapel. There's Chapel is bored. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the one of perhaps one of the most famous things that Nichelle Nichols is known for is that kiss right mm -hmm. so the a yeah. year earlier on um a show called dancing with nancy i think is what it's called uh, uh -huh. sammy davis jr kisses nancy sinatra on the cheek and that mm -hmm. was like that was like a, a big uproar right but okay. so a year later here in star trek um yeah. in plato's step children i want to say um, we yeah. have the first white to African-American lip-to-lip kiss on television, which there's a great story about that, again, in Pioneers of Television that Nichelle Nichols tells. I'm not going to tell that story. Uh, yeah. not my, none of these are my stories to tell, to be clear. Uh, there is one 
episode note that I want to make, though. Okay. And that is that Nichelle Nichols lists what I perceive as her favorite episodes of Star Trek because they're her list of the Uhura episodes of Star Trek. Oh, okay. So, number one on that list was Plato's Stepchildren. Mm-hmm. Number two on that list, which surprised me but made sense after I heard it and thought about it, was The Trouble with Tribbles. Okay. Right, because she's on K7 and she's very integral to the story of like the Tribbles and pointing it out, pointing out, you know, that they're cute and lovely to be around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She said that she said that she often served uh, as the emotional, um, the emotional uh, indicator for the crew. Like she said that she often got the line. <laughs> she often found herself saying the line. I'm so frightened, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Just because she was like the barometer of of the emotional status of the crew and the audience too. The audience really connected with her because of her human modern reactions current reactions to the the events um the way sure. she coos over the uh the tribbles or vocalizes what you know everybody else on the bridge is feeling but nobody else is willing to actually admit that they're feeling because they're all men and <laughs> you imagine spot captain i'm afraid captain i'm afraid <laughs> the third episode that uh, nichelle nichols lists is the gamesters of triskelion hmm. So if you want to have a, a good old, you know, Nichelle Nichols directed review of some some horror Star Trek, mm-hmm. then you just go down the list, play no stepchildren, trouble of tribbles, and gangsters of Triskelion. Going back to the story about MLK and later on Nichelle asked Jean do you know Martin Luther King? Did you send him out to go and <laughs> keep me from quitting? He says, no, no, I don't know him at all. Yeah, I, I would have thought that had, but you know, when she told the story about how then Gene had the tear in his eye. Yeah, but I, I just thought it was cute that she did for one brief moment contemplate the fact that maybe, uh, you know, there, there was that circular thing there that- Oh, 100%. Because <laughs> I think, I think before, after Jean received his her letter, she had he had said some of the similar things about don't you know what you mean to the show and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Then right. later on, uh, Doctor King said yeah. uh, to her as well. Yeah, don't you know what you're doing here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you know that she named the character? Uh, no, I. I wasn't aware of that either until I watched this Pioneers of Television interview. Of course, I really owned Uhura because I named her. Oh, okay. Her name is a word in Swahili, which is loosely translated to the concept of freedom. I've seen several clips of that where Spock is like introducing her to Kirk. And he says, you know, the young, gorgeous Uhura, which means freedom in Swahili. She's a, she's, she's had quite a, quite a career. She was actually, she wanted to be on Broadway. Like that was 
where she wanted to be, where she wanted to be. Uh, she was doing theater there. You know, she took this role in Star Trek and she really just wanted to be, that was her whole thing. This is she wanted to be, wanted to be on Broadway. That was um, Grace Nichols, who was born on December 28th, uh, 1932. Mm -hmm. uh, at the age of 16, she was working with Duke Ellington and she composed a, a ballet and sang that with him. Um, so that was like the beginning of, of her career at the age of 16. Yeah. She's been married twice. She has been married twice. And she's also been divorced twice. I would like to find that uh, uh, interview. You, you, you briefly said something and I just already forgot it. Can you uh, give our listeners at home and me? I, I'm a... just going to give it to you. It's called Pioneers of Television. Pioneers of Television. Okie dokie. Is there anything that uh, stood out as something that she, how, how she meant to you? Obviously there was the representation piece for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was glad that she was there. I feel like, so the importance of Nichelle Nichols and Uhura being on Star Trek for me in my life is that I think it's, I think it could be true that were she not there, I wouldn't be a Trekkie today. The reason I say that is because my first foray into Star Trek was an effort to try to get closer to my mother. So I went to my father, of course, which I don't know how that made sense mm -hmm. to me. But and I was like, well, how do I what can I do? What, like, what can we do? What can I? It was actually a like, Christmas gift. I was like, what can I get her for Christmas that she's going to like? Because I don't know what she likes. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, you get her like some Star Trek, Star Trek video or something. I was like, oh, OK, what? And I had never really. Watched. I mean, we'd watched it on reruns when you know I was little. I was this is still while I was little, but uh, so I got an episode of it, um, and it, over the course of my life, it's come to my realization that were Uhura not on Star Trek, my mm -hmm. parents wouldn't have been watching it. Oh, okay. Because they weren't watching it for the sci-fi factor. Yeah. They were watching it for the representation and inclusion factor. Like it was something that made them feel like this future of equality is a thing that can be because of the fact that it's being presented as an idea. So if someone today can present it, then someone tomorrow can make it. Yes. So I feel like had Aurora not been there for them, mm -hmm. that I wouldn't be here for her. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you, I see what you're saying. That's uh, seems really important because um, I appreciate you having having you here for us and our fans. Well, thanks for that. I'll tell Mom and Pop Dorino that you appreciate their <laughs> their hard work. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that you also, you know, were inspired to, in the, in a similar way, and to reach out and connect with uh, your parents, especially your mother. Yeah. I can't remember my first encounter with the original series. Okay. I, I remember your, hold on, I remember your first encounter with the original series. You were in a small little town, you were at the top of the stairs, and you were looking down the stairs, and your father was watching something, and you maybe coughed or something, or made a small sound, and he caught you, and he said, no, 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 you're not in trouble, come down here and finish watching Star Trek with me. 
Uh, that was the next generation. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> That's why I clarified with the original series. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. All right. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you really should go back and listen to episode zero. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. <laughs> stuff about Michelle Nichols because I wanted to make sure that I was processing in my own personal way instead of mm-hmm. you know viewing everyone else's grief process so that's why I made a conscious effort to find the longest unbroken span of time with her talking that I could find Oh, so cool. it was sort of like I spent an hour and a half with her because like I said, it was just her talking and it was just, it was a delight to be in her presence and, you know, see her and hear the stories that she was telling. There was a, there was like a whole, um, like there was a whole like network TV sort of like, like, uh, no, I don't want to say gang, but it was like, uh, like a pack, like a rat, like, like the rat pack kind of pack, like, you know, Gene and Ahura or Gene and Michelle. And uh, I guess Bill was in there a little bit. They, you know, they really were not fond of William Shatner at all. Well, they were more fond of him during the filming of the original series than they were later. I don't know what Bill was talking about when he decided to write his his memoirs, but his memoirs were cloudy. Cloudy. Nichelle was, if not the top, one of the top performers from the original series that I would have liked to have met. Oh, 100%, and, sure. Um, I think uh, Mr. T- Takei uh, would be possibly tied for first. Sure. I, You know, they both have diff- inspiration in my life in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but I'm 90% sure that I would probably if I got the opportunity to meet and maybe even shake his hand, I'd be like, meh, if I you know, um, eh, I, I've been admittedly, I've been, been tainted by the opinions of people like uh, Will Wheaton. I mean, I've been tainted by the opinions of Leonard Nimoy and Michelle Nichols. Like there's, I don't know if he had like some tra- traumatic brain injury from doing some, like Gorn rock bouncing off his head or something. <laughs> but what what were people saying like on uh, social meets? Yeah, I'll see if I can read this. Um, <laughs> George Takei uh, tweeted uh, the next day, Sunday, I shall have more to say about the trailblazing, incomparable Michelle Nichols who shared the bridge with us on the, as Lieutenant Uhura of the USS Enterprise and who passed today at the age of 89. For today, my heart is heavy, my eyes shining like the stars you now rest among, my dearest friend. It's very sweet. It's very sweet of him. It's a very, yeah. it's a, it's a very loving uh, tribute to a wonderful woman. My my eyes have been shining almost all week. I believe you. Sinuqua Martin Green uh, said something very simply. She's very much 1,000% actually a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I I heard a I it was it may have been a ready room where Zaniqua Martin Green talks about you know sort of a torch handing from from Nichelle Nichols to her. I remember seeing photos of them together and you know being delighted that you know we were carrying things forward and now or the the Uhura role of the black woman on the bridge had then like yeah. pivoted to lead of the show and eventually captain. Yeah. I think that's that's great. It's almost like we have a Captain Uhura show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I my I think my favorite memory <laughs> my favorite memory of Uhura um is was I'm not sure what movie it's from. Uh it must be from the search for Spock, and okay. it is when they are trying to pass as Klingons. <laughs> and she is consulting. Oh, okay. And she's consulting manuals. Yeah. And you know, speaking in Klingon, and her Klingon is abysmal. <laughs> but it passes and it works. Yeah, that that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite scene, scenes of her. I keep on going back to that. I think I didn't encounter her very much until the movies. That's another thing that she mentioned during this interview was that the the plan, as she says it, was to expand into the ensemble characters a bit more in the final mm -hmm. seasons, you know, Scotty Uhura, um, yeah. uh, Chekhov, Sulu. Yeah. Uh, never quite got there. But we did get, you know, a little bit of exploration in the movies. We we perhaps got more exploration of their lives just based on circumstantial evidence from the movies. Yeah, what, I mean, I never could figure out exactly what was going on with, uh, uh, her and Scotty and Star Trek Five. Didn't it seem like there was something like there was something going on <laughs> for sure yeah. between them? Yeah. That was when she oh, she was a, a commander then. Because the, you know, she was a she was a lieutenant in the original series and mm -hmm. she had that promotion. Uh, right yeah. about the motion picture to Lieutenant Commander and then by the Wrath of Khan she got that another promotion to Commander. Oh, okay. So I think that's how she would have spent the remainder of the movies because the rest of the movies happened in pretty rapid succession, right? Like they weren't years yeah. between, like we have with you know Insurrection Nemesis. Yeah. Or virtually moments later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the movies are direct sequels off of each other, yeah. from Khan to Spock to 
the one with the whales. Sure. I, I recently saw that advertised as the Genesis trilogy. Yes. Yes. I, I have to. Yeah, I think that makes it makes some kind of sense. And, and certainly, uh, you know, they were sort of planned that way. I see. What is it that you connect with in Ohura? Like when you ring the bell, Ohura, what rings in syncope within you? Her, 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 her compassion for others. Okay. Her intelligence. Miss Nichols is definitely a very attractive uh, performer. Okay. Sure. As a horror, I appreciate uh, her ability to connect with others. Uh, she has a particular uh, connection with uh, Mr. Spock. She does, indeed. I think it's because of the relationship that she had with Leonard Nimoy. I think that the two of them, mm -hmm. you know, were, were had a, a a good solid friendship and a good solid understanding type thing. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta tell you, for me, <laughs> this might sound cliche, mm -hmm. but the cell dickles reminds me of my mom. <laughs> does she? <laughs> she really does. The the way that she speaks, the eloquence of every word that she enunciates, mm -hmm. is my mother to the core. Like annoyingly so, um, the the poise with which she carries herself mm -hmm. is it's it's comfortable. It's not practiced and it's not effort. Mm -hmm. Like it it yeah. she makes it look effortless to be yeah. so elegant and poised and relaxed. And she's she's exudes and she's That's exactly where I was going. She exudes confidence constantly. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, and she's comfortable around other people. I mean, I am thinking about the scene in the rec room or whatever they want to call it, the rec deck, uh, where she's playing. You know, the the Vulcan. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know. The Vulcan harp. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, she just starts. You know, sing, singing. Yes. And she's so comfortable, and many people wouldn't be able to to do that in front 100%. of people also to be broadcast all the way down to engineering yes super duper confident and no yeah. reason not to be yeah um and she wasn't ever really effusive with she was never like over the top with it mm -hmm. i'm not looking at okay. captain burnham at this point i'm just saying <laughs> oh wait what nothing <laughs> Okay. So I was I was the most uh, comfortable and okay with Sally Rose Gooding stepping in to play the role of a younger Uhura. Mm -hmm. Once I saw pictures of Nichelle Nichols and Sally Rose Gooding together, mm -hmm. and once I uh, read a quote from Nichelle Nichols that basically approved. <laughs> Of of Celia car carrying on the torch, like she passed the torch to to her. I mean, she okay. had to take it back from Sinico, but she... <laughs> she took it back from Sinico. <laughs> you must make yourself a torch out of some microbeads. I need the real one. 
Give it to Sailor. I'm kidding. You know, who's who's carrying carrying that torch? She Sailor is a good. He doesn't need a torch. She is incandescent. Is what we're now saying on Star Trek these days. I think. Okay. But she really is. She also was very accepting of um. Um. Chicky McLady face. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Saldana is her name. Zoe Saldana, yeah. I'm glad that she approved of her, but I'm more glad she approved of Silly Rose Gooding because yeah. Zoe Saldana is playing a different character. Yeah, she's playing a younger version of the character. No, no, no. She's playing a character from a different universe. She's That's not that. playing our Uhura. She's playing a different Uhura. Silly Rose Gooding is playing our Uhura. Okay. So I mean, it just it, it lends a lot of legitimacy. It means lends mm. more legitimacy to le- legitimacy to me that you know this is Celia Rose Gooding is actually carrying on the same role, while Zoe Saldana's role is different because of like a whole different set of circumstances that's around her. Okay, she did a whole chapel spot thing. <laughs> She, she, she based Spock was her boyfriend, and he was tracking her with a necklace that he gave her. What? <laughs> Clearly different characters, because our Hura wouldn't stand for it, and our Spock wouldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of Chapel, did you uh, find yourself reviewing the scene in the animated series where? She uh, actually gets to take command of the Enterprise as fourth in command. Lieutenant Uhura to Security yeah. Officer Davison. No, I didn't. Uh, what episode is it? I want an all-woman security team on every transporter immediately. No one is to transport down to the planet unless it is on my order. Aye, aye, Lieutenant. What are you doing? Taking command of this ship. Lorelei signal? Okay, the Lorelei signal. Well, I will definitely check out the Lorelei signal as soon as we get done with this. One of the things I've often found helpful when I'm grieving for one more uh, reason or another is to write stuff, write poetry, not necessarily poetry. Last night, I sort of came up with a haiku. I bent the rules a little bit, so fans, please don't at me. Would you like to hear it? Add the crap out of them. Go ahead. Nichelle Nichols was more than a bright star. She was trailblazer hero. That's my haiku. Why, thank you. I appreciate you sharing. I think it was a lovely haiku. It, 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 I mean, haikus are short. They're, they're simple. Um, yes, you don't have to explain haikus. <laughs> I know how a door works. <laughs> And if anybody counts the syllables, yes, there's six syllables on the third stanza instead of okay. Five. But well, I think that we have reached the end of our celebration of the life of Michelle Nichols, and it's been quite a journey. And yes. I'm glad that she's been a part, and she'll continue to be a part. Yes, we have reruns, and we have. There is, there's, there's a couple interesting things that Nichelle Nichols said about the fans of Star Trek. One, one of them was that we, we had the name Trekkies, 
mm-hmm. and then it became turned it turned into a derogatory term and because of that stigma stigma we you know evolved it into trekkers mm-hmm. and then as time went on we took it back and so and and are probably calling ourselves trekkies again and she likes that she thinks that it's good for people to have agency over who they are mm-hmm. um Another thing she said was that as I'm trying to remember this as closely as I can, but it's basically something along the lines of Uhura is as real as the rest of the Star Trek universe. And as you and I both know, it is 100% real. (laughs) And, you know, at, at any given moment, uh, barrier between universes may open up and take us into that universe where Uhura still lives and as long as that idea lives on in my head and the heads of others and all of those down through human history human future history until the 24th century remember that the new Uhura and the Shell Nichols will never be gone from us Calling Nichelle Nichols. No answer. Calling Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols, out of service. Gone but not forgotten. Until next time, everybody. It may be hard, but try and stay positive. And we will continue to dream big or to follow the footsteps of Nichelle. We can do this together. Live long and prosper. We'll see you out. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. I don't know what Bill was talking about when he decided to write his his memoirs, but his memoirs were cloudy.